Welcome to HUDCO Radio. I'm Jim Kennelly. The Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity has taken on new leadership, new energy, and some new partnerships this year. With our annual Hashtag BidFest event just around the corner, we caught up with the very busy director of the Office of Business Opportunity, Marquise Abraham, to get an update. Later, we'll speak with one of the panelists taking part in Hashtag BidFest and learn more about what their message to attendees will be. Welcome, Marcus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. Could you start by letting listeners know a little bit more about you? Absolutely. Uh, Marquise Abraham, I am a native of Jersey City. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be from Hudson County. Uh, Grew up here, went to PS number 38 school, and went to St. Peter's Prep. Uh, I consider myself an athlete, although I'm in advanced age. Uh, I do think of myself still as an athlete. I, I have some of my fondest memories uh, growing up playing sports, making bonds uh, with, with people, and also um, being able to win and experience success at a high level. Um, one of the reasons why I like to mention my background in sports is because uh, it, it gave me an opportunity at a young age to do a lot of traveling, which I, my parents wouldn't otherwise been able to afford. Um, and so I, I just really feel like sports as an outlet for young people is a great thing. It's not the be all and end all, but I formed lifelong relationships through sports and especially here with people I grew up with in Hudson County. So I'm very much uh, a Hudson County guy, a Jersey City guy, if you will, and, uh, and, and, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I uh, am uh, a lawyer by trade. Uh, I started out my professional career as a consultant at a monitor uh, group in New York City. Uh, Great work, especially for my temperament. I always looked at myself as a problem solver. Um, And so being a consultant um, in corporate America gave me the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of different projects all the time. I continued that same sort of idea uh, and going to law school because I wanted to be exposed to different things on a daily basis. Um, after a while, I started a family um, and um, worked a lot like any of us. We all work so much, probably too much, and uh, realized life is short. You know, anything could happen <laughs> at any time. And, you know, I, I want to teach my children, I have been teaching them, and uh, to, to be a person of impact. Um, and so... I uh, looked around at, you know, what I was doing on a day-to-day basis and, you know, had, you know, many successes, uh, you know, through my hard work and through help of others um, and wanted to do more in my own community. Um, I was kind of here, but not here, right? Um, and so that's uh, what led me uh, to look for opportunities to have a bigger impact here in, 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 in the community that I call my own. And so um, that's what led me back to the uh, Hudson County and the Office of Business Opportunity. Terrific. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about um, the agency as you found it. Um, what did you see as its strengths? What were what you perhaps saw as its its challenges when you first kind of took the reins? Sure. Um, before we go to that specific point of when I first took the reins, I actually started out in the Office of Business Opportunity prior to being a director. I think that gave me a great springboard. Um, I started out as a certification and compliance officer. That uh, role is responsible mainly for adhering to our ordinance that requires a certain amount of spending uh, with small and minority diverse businesses. Um, So there there are a number of, uh, if you will, obligations 
that uh, not only our county directors and officers have to uh, adhere to, but also that as the certification and compliance office, I had to report on and find out about and, and figure out, right? Um, and it's, it's not an easy task. Anytime you're coming into a new environment, it takes a while for you to get to understand exactly how things are run and what's going on and, and what things mean. And uh, so I was, uh, as I was there in the county as a certification compliance officer, right when the pandemic started, the week before. And so not only coming in to an environment that itself has challenges uh, in, in terms of helping small business and, and diverse businesses, but also in the middle of a pandemic, at the beginning, my first day was the week before it was announced that it started. And so what that helped me understand is that um, there are always gonna be challenges. It could be a pandemic, <laughs> it no. could be just a work environment but figuring out ways in which to work through those challenges and still provide solutions for the community uh, was, was the call, was the challenge, and I think we as an office at the time uh, stepped up and met that. At the time, our director was Jermaine Parms. He's now at the NJEDA and doing a great job. And f- uh, former uh, former podcast uh, participant. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. There yeah, you he go. was terrific. A guy with a lot of uh, entry. And he's... Um, and, and did a great job during the time. Imagine everybody's trying to figure this out and he's trying to figure out how to hold the office together and also provide service to the community. We transitioned to a lot of different, uh, like a lot of people to Zoom and other mechanisms. But what I noticed starkly, uh, that was the strength of our office. It was new, a lot of people didn't know. They didn't even know what to call it. They were still calling it uh, Wimby or whatever it, that is. Um, the strength of our uh, uh, department and our division is the leadership in our county, our commissioners, our administrator, our county executive, were dedicated and still are to seeing that the ordinance is met and we do even better. A a clear example is our courthouse project. I was lucky enough to be involved at the beginning. As soon as I started, I I hit the ground running and working with certain uh, people across the county and making that come to fruition uh, before the bid was finished and then after and now during. That's the um, largest project, by the way, that, uh, in terms of, I think, of any size that the county's ever done. Historic project. I mean, it's half a billion dollars. Now. Half a billion. It's up there in the, th- in the, in the mid threes mm-hmm. um, and uh, significant because if you look at the history of our current courthouse and the complexes there, uh, you're talking about going back 40, 50 years, right? And now you, it, there's an opportunity for our community to be a part of building a new state-of-the-art structure. And it was extremely important that we galvanize the business community. But what more important, which showed me the leadership here was dedicated to making a change in how we deal with small and diverse businesses was that they went to the contractors and they asked them, are you gonna have a commitment to seeing a large presence of small and diverse businesses on this project, not only from the employee standpoint, because that's just one thing, but the vendors, the suppliers, the, the contractors, are you going to commit? And, and to everyone's credit, each and every one of them agreed that they would commit, if they were awarded, to f- fulfilling a 30% goal. A 30% goal. That was a very aggressive ask. And the fact of the matter is, and you probably saw the article recently, maybe a few months back now, we've already exceeded the goal. And so we're very proud of that. I'm very proud of that. But the point is that the leadership is committed. They're committed to it and, it, and committed to finding ways to do it, even when necessarily the law wouldn't support uh, some of the things we do if, if we had uh, challenges, if you will. Um, and not to say we're doing anything illegally. No. 
not at all. But the point is that we live in the United States of America. Discrimination is anathema to what, how we are and what we do. Um, but at times, you're allowed to discriminate for a purpose that's laudable, that's, that's good, that's supposed to build our communities up. And that's where the set-aside ordinance comes in, where we're able to do, uh, use a set-aside as a mechanism to get to that goal. Our county goal itself is 10%. It just so happens, and why I call it aggressive, is that that courthouse goal was 30% triple what we normally require of our own county. And I think it was the great leadership that, that made that happen. Um, and so we, we, we now have a situation where we can be responsive to our ordinance in dynamic ways and prime contractors, just regular vendors, understand that they're not trying to do anything to the detriment. This is for the benefit and the growth of not only our county, but our small business community which helps out everybody. I, I say a little bit about this because I was reflecting on the issue of small businesses with my colleague Stanley Bridgeforth, who is now the certification and compliance officer. Your successor, essentially. Exactly. And what we reflected on anecdotally is that we grew up in the same neighborhood. We went to the same grammar school. We went to the same high school. Circle back 20-some-odd years after we graduated college, now we're back working together. And that, and what we understood is that when we were growing up in the Greenville section of Jersey City, it wasn't great. The statistics were as bad or worse than they are today. But what we can reflect on is that there were at least that we can count in a three-block radius on Martin Luther King Avenue, 10 small businesses that were owned by black or brown people that sustained other families in the community. We need to get back to that in a big way. And we're, and we're, and we're trying and fighting and, 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 and thinking and, and, and putting our shoes on and, and, and going out and, and we're doing all the work we can to make sure we meet and exceed that 10% goal every year. Well, that takes us to a, a good segue here. And that is to talk a little bit about um, one of the ways that you have on the courthouse project been able to support the small businesses that you service uh, to more effectively be able to do what they do. And I wonder if you could talk about the partnership you developed with Valley Bank. Um, talk a little bit about how that works, uh, in particular to the courthouse project. Sure. Um, so it, there was some point where we sat down um, with the administration, uh, with the attorneys for the ACIA on a project, and they were ready to do their notice to proceed for Terminal, who's the prime contractor, to start work. Um, we had previously developed a utilization plan with Terminal um, to determine what, who the vendors were going to be that were going to make up that 30% of work. Um, and uh, there was a good job done by all involved to figure out how we make sure that happens and if there are any of the vendors that might fall out, how do we pick up and bring another vendor on. And um, one of the main concerns that uh, we heard um, was well, this is new for us. Are we going to be union forever if we get on this project? Um, you know, how do we finance this project? You know, and all of these concerns we listened to, and then, and then I thought, well, wow, a lot of these contractors are used to doing private work. And, it, you know, it, my experience as an entrepreneur and just in business generally, and that private work means you're going to get a deposit. You're going to start with something and you can move forward with that doesn't happen on public projects. You got to be able to hold on um, and, and, and until 
the prime gets paid so they can pay you. Um, and that takes a level of coordination and management and, and uh, that some of these subs may not be used to. And so I said, but the one thing about the courthouse project, it really matters not if we have 50% participation to me. If half of them are unsuccessful, can't complete the work, have to be replaced, can't afford to do it, just give up in frustration. So how can we support these businesses that are going to be on the project? And so given that, I said they need finance help. They need financial solutions. I went out, um, um, talked to banks, made meetings with them, and all local people who would have a vested interest in working with these groups, not only now, but longer term. Um, and uh, sat down and talked to them about exactly what I'm talking to you about. These subcontractors may need help. And that help is so important, not for the money that they're going to make, but for the success that they're going to have. When they sign that document that their work is completed and they're off the project and they did it, now they can take that and it's portable and they can use it in other counties or right in our county or with a private firm. But that credibility of having done the work, done a good job and finished is important. And a lot of times, almost always, the issue is finances. So we were able to um, impart how important that was upon a few, a few uh, banks, a few local banks. I'm not saying that uh, not everyone was excited about being involved, but Valley certainly showed their commitment to the community by saying, Marquise, let's do something. Let's figure out how we do it. And um, so obviously every sub is different. They all have different situations, different credit situations, different financial situations, different contracts on the project. And so that's going to be taken into account when they meet with Valley. But we have a good process, uh, you know, that they could get in touch with um, a, a person that's going to be directly overseeing the situation. I've been working directly with Dana Miele um, from, from Valley, uh, a great partner. She'll be at our event next week, I guess, which we'll talk okay. more about. And uh, they're committed not only to the community, but making sure, as I said, that these uh, subs that are on the projects are going to be successful. So we count about 47 subs to have an opportunity to take advantage of this partnership. But I can imagine as we grow, as we grow into ourselves more as an office and as the small business community grows more, we'll be looking to take advantage of more partnerships with Valley down the road. And just so, so everyone's clear, as these subs enter into this relationship with Valley, what are some of those kind of concrete benefits that allow them sure. to succeed? What are some of those benefits? Well, obviously, you're going to have uh, opportunity to access their financial solutions, possibly lines of credits, possibly short-term loans. Um, you also uh, are going to uh, – Valley does a great job, in, uh, like, like I said, with – uh, partnering with uh, resource opportunities throughout the community. So they have good relationships with the statewide Hispanic bar. They have obviously a great relationship with our office. Uh, they themselves provide uh, resources. They sponsored an event a few months ago up at uh, Hudson Community in uh, Union City where it was focused on getting businesses certified. So they're not just talking about how much money do you need and this is your interest rate. They're saying like, where are you at with your business? What can we help you with? We can show you how to get certified. We can help you with credit issues for business. We can, and they're trying to offer that entire suite of their community lending platform to these businesses that are on the project. So it's, it's, I'm really excited about it. Because it really does seem as though one of the great challenges for all small businesses, but particularly businesses in, from diverse populations, is access to credit 
cash flow, and kind of broader support in terms of uh, financial advice and things like that. And that seems like this partnership is really going to deliver on that. Yeah, and, and, and we, we believe so. The bottom line is I think that over the years uh, and over time, you know, there's nothing new really under the sun. Um, but when you have a great idea, it's about the people behind it that are going to execute it. And, and, and that's what it comes from. The commitment, obviously, from our office, this is what we're paid to do, is to provide resources for the small business community and help them get more contracts with uh, Hudson County, but also uh, lending institutions that are focused uh, locally, like Valley, who are going to be there to say, I see your business can grow. Uh, maybe we can think about this. They, they do a great job. For instance, there was a bonding class. Uh, that the African-American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey was one of the, one of the institutions that uh, held the class uh, and brought some small businesses through that so they can then qualify for bonding. Valley is always around um, opportunities like that, promoting um, that to their small businesses and being a resource to actually handhold hand and walk them through. Um, so, uh, I, yes, I, I agree. I am looking forward to um, much broader work with them, but certainly I respect their commitment to the small business community. Sound like a great partner. Yep. So, uh, BidFest, hashtag BidFest. Hashtag BidFest, talk to me about what it is, um, why it is valuable, and what could anyone who's going to take part uh, expect to experience yes. uh, as part of it. Hashtag BidFest is our theme for our annual event. Office of Business Opportunity has consistently had an annual event, save for pandemic-related issues, and uh, that's the theme of our, our annual event this year. It'll take place on December 15th, 2022, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the St. Peter's University Sky Room. Um, and uh, why we decided to do uh, something related to bidding. Uh, the opportunities that exist for small and diverse businesses vary. They could be small, uh, depending on the type of business you, you, you have. They could be a little larger. Uh, if you're, you know, you might be in the consulting space or like um, a lot of the work and a lot of our spend in the county is construction related. Um, but no matter what, once you reach a certain financial threshold, they have to be bid. And there are many contracts, opportunities that are bid. And small and diverse businesses don't compete for bids, and they don't win bids regularly. And it's not because they can't do the work or their prices are insane. A lot of times, too often, it's because they don't know how to prepare a bid package. And that's a crying shame. So. We, I understand that it, preparing a bid is not easy, but it's a part of a business's overall obligation to get out there in the world and market themselves and compete for work. And we know that with small businesses, 95% of their time is spent doing the work that they deliver, the services. They don't have time for this. They're lacking on marketing. They're lacking on financial stability and having appropriate cash flow. And they certainly don't have any time to be filling out a 40-page bid. So what we want to do with BidFest is, one, try to distill some of the myths. Also, try to answer some of the questions that through fear and just lack of understanding, people can't push through. 
And then we want to provide some strategies for being effective at doing this, right? Because Hudson County is not the only municipal entity in the state. I mean, there are hundreds of municipal entities in the state. Uh, and this is going to apply to all of them. Some of them, some, some counties in the state have gone to e-procurement, which we'll get to at some point next year. We have that as part of our plan to really uh, talk about that. But if we as an office are going to provide resources for the community, especially coming to the end of a year where, you know, we've made a lot of changes and we're really trying to upgrade the level of service that we provide, to me, this is vital. This is vital for businesses to see it, get rid of the fear of it, understand it, and then have a partner that could help you. Now, that costs money, right? Our, our lead presenter is Denise, the procurement queen, Williams, and she doesn't do work for free. But to just put a face to something that says, oh, there's somebody out there that could help me with this? I didn't even know that existed. Or who are the competent people that could help me with this? Because anybody can be a guru these days, but who's had boots on the ground and actually done the work and been successful at helping others uh, get bids done? So uh, that's what BidFest is about, really answering the call uh, to say, what's really vital? It's not the most vital, but what's vital? And let's do our job to, to, to help uh, fill that void. We're going to talk with Denise a little bit later about dispelling some of those myths and how to go ahead and do that work. Um, let's wrap up, if we could, for now. Sure. I'm sure we'll have you back. But, Absolutely. Um, uh, let's wrap up now talking a little about um, the future. You talked about e-procurement. Um, I'm sure you're excited now with the pandemic behind us. And just talk a little bit about what your vision is for the future in terms of where the office is headed and what you'd like to do? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, so we um, are, by all accounts, one of the leading offices of this type across the state. Um, currently, we have a staff of six, including me, um, and that's probably triple most offices staff for this type of work. Um, what I want to do is make that staff mean something make that uh, breadth of coverage mean something. And so in doing that, we set a very aggressive goal for us, for the county. Um, and um, I'm not going to mention a number just because of things, but the, the, the goal in the ordinance is 10%. Our goal is much higher than that for next year. And the question is, though, how do you do that? The how, how do you do that? Um, and I'm going to use some of the learnings we got from the courthouse project, but I'm going to also uh, employ a good old-fashioned rolling your sleeves up and working hard because here's where the challenge is. The challenge is in communicating consistently um, and appropriately with the decision makers across the county about what this ordinance means and what it means for our county to do better on it. Um, and there are many ways we can do that, but we're supremely focused, number one, on getting to that mystery number that I'm not mentioning uh, for our, for our uh, county next year. And then after that, using those results to repeat that for the next five years. If we do that, we will continue to be the leading county in the state on many issues. First of all, during COVID, we were the leading county as far as our response to COVID. We were one of the first counties to get a set-aside ordinance, what people are calling a set-aside ordinance, I'm not gonna get technically, but to get a set-aside ordinance. 
first county to really work that ordinance and put in a aggressive goal with a huge project and then meet that goal. So our charge is not only to do better internally on our own ordinance, but maintain the status of the county that's pushing everything forward as a leader in the state of how you do business internally and externally uh, with, with your partners. So getting to that number is one of our main core strategies. Second one is, which will help us get to that number, but just generally um, galvanize the business community is more visibility. Nobody even knows what OBO is or stands for, right? To, to the extent that we need them to. Because once they do, and then they rely on us and we develop that relationship, we can not only report on more successes, but more importantly, we can help businesses be successful. Uh, the people in our office have backgrounds as entrepreneurs themselves. They have background in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion type work. Um, and um, they have background in personal coaching uh, for businesses. Um, and so having that skill set in our office is extremely important because when an entrepreneur, a business owner sits down with us and discuss, discusses uh, where they're at, where they're trying to go, and, and try to figure out strategies to get to the next level, these are conversations we can have with them. In addition to helping them get certified, getting them registered in the portal, and those types of other uh, uh, services that are very important for them. So that's number two. One is meet a very high goal. Number two is our visi visibility through social media, uh, through doing podcasts like this, uh, being at more events. Again, the pandemic being behind us is extremely important. Now people are willing to come out in person. People are willing to go places and even hold more events. The third thing, which um, is really the first thing, but it is just number three in what I'm telling you, is education. Educating our office better on the space that we're in. We're in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. That's what we do. And, if, and, and the sooner we recognize that, the, the better we were able to start communicating, not only with our audience, but other people around the uh, county and around the space in general. So we've looked at ourselves differently to where we're forming different relationships now, different colleagues. We're looking for different educational opportunities. I have a lunch and learn series that we do internally in our office. Once a month, uh, we get together and we figure out an educational topic to enhance our staff. When our staff is enhanced, because our staff is already motivated. These are people who are dedicated to this work. But when we're educated and motivated at the same time, the, the results we can get can, can, can be uh, uh, just great. And, and we're looking forward to that. So we have a goal of the attainment we want to reach as far as contracts that we get with small and diverse businesses. We know we need to be more connected to the communities and have greater partnerships and resources. And we have to get better educated uh, within. And what happens is we take that education and we, not, we, we do our best to educate internally in the county with directors, with decision makers. And we use those as platforms to give out information to the public. Well, Marquise Abraham, Director of the Office of Business Opportunity, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jim. It's been a great one. I'm joined now by Denise, the Procurement Queen Williams. Uh, Denise, it's a pleasure to talk with you here on Hudco Radio. I wonder if you could first explain how did you get the nickname the Procurement Queen 
And then we'll talk a little bit about what you'll be talking about at hashtag BidFest. So how did you become the procurement queen? Sure. I love procurement, and I've studied procurement. I've worked in the procurement field for several years where I used to be, like actually award different contracts and recommend which vendors would get the contracts based on preparing the RFPs and the bids. And so while I was doing that role, I noticed that there are a lot of companies um, who hardly even compete. So I get one bid response, sometimes two, and I decided to create a company where I help different companies and um, small business vendors compete for government contracts by educating them on the different process and the steps necessary to compete. Terrific. So if you could, in brief, kind of explain what you'll be talking about at hashtag BidFest uh, bid uh, with those who are in attendance. Sure. We're going to be talking about procurement opportunities. How do you even know if there's a bid available for your company? We're going to go through the steps that are involved in that process. We're going to talk about the advantages of getting your business certified as a New Jersey women-owned business, minority-owned business, veteran-owned business, and so forth. So we're going to go over the different certifications um, process as well. We're also going to be talking about bidding strategies. What does that mean? Are there different events that you should attend? Are there certain things you could do right now to prepare yourself for these particular procurement opportunities? Then lastly, we're going to be talking about the procurement process. Exactly what does that mean in procurement? What is procurement? We're going to go through that as well. One question for you about uh, the whole uh, perception of uh, bidding and the procurement process. When I spoke, spoke earlier with um, uh, with Marquise Abraham, the director of our Office of Business Opportunity, he said that one of the things he hopes hashtag BidFest will do is dispel myths about the procurement process, the bidding process. What's the biggest myth or what's the biggest misunderstanding a lot of small, um, diverse businesses may have about the idea of bidding on a uh, government contract? I think one of the myths is that only big companies win contracts. And so, and there are no contracts for my particular sector. For example, uh, there are contracts for barbers, right? We need barbers, you know, the detention centers to cut the hairs and the prison systems. So allowing lenders, business owners know that the different opportunities that are available for their business in procurement is one, just the awareness of it. And two, to let them know that even a small business could win a contract. You could be the, your one submission could win the contract in the very first time. It's oftentimes I find that like a lot of vendors are have difficulty with the paperwork, um, so understanding the documents that are required, when they're required. That's, that's also essential. So something, some vendors may not even get a document notarized, for example, when it's called for it to be notarized. And so that may cause their entire proposal to be now rejected because they're considered non-responsive. Where can folks who want to learn more about what you do uh, find you on the Internet? They can find me on procurementqueen.com. They could go into Google and just type in Procurement Queen. I'm Procurement Queen on Instagram, Facebook, the website. I'm also the author of several books as well, so they can definitely find Procurement Queen on Amazon. Terrific. Denise Williams, the Procurement Queen, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes to speak with us. Thank you. You can learn more about the Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity on our county website, www.hcnj.us. To keep up to date on county government news and alerts, 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hudco Tweet and on Facebook at Hudco FB. To see photos and videos of county government events, follow us on Instagram at Hudco Insta and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hudco TV. And please take a moment to subscribe to Hudco Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, thanks as always to Hudson County Executive Tom DeGeese and the Board of County Commissioners who develop, direct, and support all the programs and services discussed on this podcast. Take care.